Welcome inside the secret Gibby headquarters here in beautiful Belleville, Ontario for another edition of Gibby's Football Podcast. I am a recovering Zach McGibbon. Been under the weather the last couple of days. If you listened to the last episode of This Is Wrestling, which is released now if you haven't, uh, you could tell my voice was a little bit uh, not great. Let's just go with that. It's a little better now, I think. I think we're on the mend here. Uh, just kind of like an NFL player, you just load me up with some tr- Toradol, I think is the drug. Just load me up with some painkillers, get me back out there, and I'm ready to go. And I'm really excited to be talking about another week in the NFL. And I'm really happy to have this guy on with me. Uh, Nick Anger joins me. Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, Gibby, what's up? Um, listening to Matt's episode last week, I'm basically in the same boat that he was a week ago. Thursday was a depressing night, but uh, I've had enough time to bounce back and hope for the best. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cruel punishment I put on my guests. I wait till your favorite team loses on a Thursday night, and then I bring you on to the podcast. And then you pounce on us. Exactly. Get you at your lowest, because look, as, as I've made it pretty clear on the last couple of episodes, and you are already aware as I wear my hat and my and I drink from my mug. I am a massive Dallas Cowboys fan, and we already have to deal with a lot, a lot of scrutiny. And so to be able to launch it back a little bit, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit self-gratifying. I'm not going to lie. To bring on people who are just as low as you? (laughs) Well, that's one way of looking at it. Um, um, I'm going to disagree with that, Um, although that's partially true. But. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just go right ahead and talk, talk about that Thursday nighter as uh, it's kind of been alluded to. You are a LA chargers fan. The floor is yours. My friend, tell me what happened with the chargers. How did they blow this so badly? Mr. Anger? Well, the way they blew it, and this is basically a week after week conversation that I could have with anybody unless we play well, which is honestly for the team we have pretty rare. Um, they make games look way closer than they should be. They dominate in the first half, which is essentially what they did with the Chiefs. They slowed down in the second quarter, but uh, but then after that, it becomes them playing to the level the other their opponent is playing at. So, for example, the Chiefs were honestly not looking Chiefs-esque in the first half. The second half rolls around, and either our coaches forget how to, how to coach or our players forget how to play. I'm not sure <laughs> what the... Uh, what the true consensus is yeah i mean i just from watching that thursday nighter i mean it was a just as from a neutral standpoint it was a very fun game to watch um the chargers do have that tendency of playing down to their competition now you're playing down to the chiefs i i mean it's not that bad but uh there are so many opportunities in that game where man they they should have gotten so many picks like Mahomes was just giving like freebie balls uh, to to the Chargers, and at one point I was like, "Man, they're they they are due like a late fourth quarter pick to really turn around the momentum," and it just never came in that game. And they, yeah, they really were. There was two that were flagged down, which rightly so, if I'm being unbiased. And then a couple, uh, Asante Samuel, I I love him as a second year player, but he dropped a couple crucial picks, and then uh, I think. Truly, the dagger, aside from the very obvious one that I'm sure we'll get into about that game, is that uh, J.C. Jackson was this close to either batting the ball away or even get, getting his hand on it and bringing it down, but it turned into a touchdown, which is basically, as a longtime Chargers fan, essentially what every game comes down to. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and also, too, I mean, 
you were kind of alluding to it, I, I believe, is that pick six at the end yeah. uh, with Herbert. And, uh, you know, Everett was kind of singling to the sideline saying, hey, I, I need a substitution. They keep going with the no huddle offense and Everett doesn't run his route quite well and just gets picked off and, and an easy pounce there for the Chiefs. And before the play even happened, I'm watching it, me, me and my dad, we've been longtime Chargers fans. He's been his whole life. I've been my whole life. And leading up to them running that play, we got down to whatever it was, the four-yard line, and we're all excited, and I see them running to the line. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I could, And I've had a lot of bad experiences with no huddle offense. I, had a, uh, I was watching the Saints, I think it was four years ago, um, they're rushing to the ball. I'm like, no, they they don't have to do this. Drew Brees throws an interception. Yeah, same story there. Yeah, just rushing the play. And uh, uh, nonetheless, I thought this was a really fun game. I wouldn't I wouldn't get your spirits too low with this Chargers squad. I think this is still a very very good team <laughs> that that could compete. And so I know I know it seems rough right now, and I am getting you at your lowest. But uh, I, I still think there's there's a lot to look forward to with this Chargers squad and, and, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I mean, we saw in the first week with Mahomes, he's still able to make do with what he's got with uh, Valdez Scantling and, and Juju Smith Schuster. And so uh, I, I look at this and, you know, a tough loss for the Chargers. Some questions about Herbert and his and his rib injury uh, powering through. Um, but nonetheless, I still think there's high hopes for for L.A. What do you think? Um, I. I'd like to say I have high hopes. That's a stacked looking roster on paper. Um, the addition of Khalil Mack to me has been the biggest this year. Yeah. He had an amazing game against the Raiders. He's been solid these first two weeks. And yeah, it's the Herbert question for me that really gets me worried because you could see him before the end of the game. He was throwing practice balls on the sideline. Every single throw, he was clutching his ribs. I, If I was Joe Staley, I would have honestly just kept Chase Daniel or Easton Stick in the game your likelihood of winning is low and I'd rather lose to a team like the chiefs and keep Herbert for the rest of the year than risk him. Uh, comparison I put in my notes to Herbert throwing as often as he does. He threw 58 times, I think in that game. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And that's like, if you, that's like if you took Clayton Kershaw and every game he played made him pitch nine innings, no matter what. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's uh, they, they really threw Herbert out there. Uh, but uh, again, I still think there's there's some hope in in, in L.A. I, I, I know the Keenan Allen injury as well is kind of concerning, but Mike Williams still played very well uh, in that game, filling in for, for Keenan Allen. So I see I, I think you guys have some hope. It's just I understand it's like it's a big time opponent and you're and you're winning and you're close and, you know, they they just find a way. And uh, and on top of that, on top of that, we get a week and a half to, to dwell on it and <laughs> yeah. not have any positive news come out of it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we get out of the Thursday nighter. We'll go into our Sunday slot of games and let's start oh. with a big one. Oh, you don't mind. I'd like to get into my MVP. Oh, of yes, game. of course. Get your, get your I, MVP I, I came prepared. I brought the notes. <laughs> I brought the MVPs. Yes. And I think the very obvious pick has to be Jalen Watson of the Chiefs with the 99 yard pick six that yeah. was the the dagger of the game yeah i think if if anyone really changed the outcome it was him yeah absolutely i i no disagreement from me there if herbert throws that touchdown to everett i think he's the uh, mvp for playing yeah. through a broken rib but uh yeah I, i'm not gonna disagree there seventh round pick i believe uh, jalen watson is and rookie yeah, defensive and back and second game a, in make makes a big play and so good for him uh we go to the sunday slot of games and let's start with a big one and when I say a big one, I'm talking about, of course, the New York Jets 
and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, very surprised about uh, the Jets pulling off this comeback, not only because it's the Jets, but it's also Joe Flacco leading Goat. the comeback. Uh, elite Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, quite quite surprising. I know that the Browns, they're such a weird team without Deshaun Watson right now. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is going to be the guy that's going to get you wins in the short term uh, until Deshaun Watson gets back. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about whether Nick Chubb should have taken that touchdown uh, nearing the end of the game. But I would argue, you know, maybe your defense should come in clutch as well to try and make stop a play. I don't think it's all Nick Chubb's fault there, but uh, an improbable comeback for the New York Jets. Uh, what did you make of this one? Um, honestly, I made out with that, that the Browns are actually looking okay without Deshaun Watson, which is a scary sign. Chubb and Hunt, they're both playing pretty good football, Chubb especially. And sure, it's not Jacoby Brissett getting them through this, but when you add a quarterback of the caliber of uh, Deshaun Watson, that's just going to open up a whole new door for them. So I think if they can put up, when's he back, week 11? Yeah, week 11, I believe he's back. If they can put up six, seven wins, they have a chance. Yeah. They, I don't want to I don't want to guarantee it and lock it in, but I think that if they can put up an over or or just around five hundred record, that they'll be looking good. Right. Yeah. And and I think too, like if it, it also depends on how competitive the other teams are in that division. Like I think the Ravens are looking pretty I, I we'll talk about that game in a moment, but I think the Ravens are looking solid to be a number one. Uh, in that division, I, it's just going to depend on where the Steelers and where the Bengals are at. Will the Bengals turn around? Um, I'm just looking at these stats here. Joe Flacco, 44 passing attempts, uh, 307 yards, uh, four touchdowns, like elite numbers, really, uh, from Joe Flacco. Um, but really, the standout for me, and I think for a lot of people on this Jet squad, was Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State. A lot of hype around a lot of the receivers from this class, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave in, in New Orleans, um, you know, uh, Drake London from Atlanta. There's a lot of like really highly touted wide receivers and Garrett Wilson's no exception. Uh, he had a, a really a coming out party in, in this one for me. And especially, you know, considering old man Joe Flacco, I, I don't want to harp on the points, but in the year of our Lord, 2022, Joe Flacco threw four touchdowns. For over 300 yards with 45, 44 passing attempts. I mean, it's unheard of. And so, but I thought Garrett Wilson had had a great uh, game uh, coming out party. And also uh, Brees Hall, another rookie that uh, the Jets look highly on. I've said it before on this podcast. I think, are they going to win the division? Absolutely not, especially the division they're in. But they're a young team that if they develop correctly, and we'll see where Zach Wilson is when he comes back, it's looking like week four. Depending on where these guys are, uh, or sorry, depending on how they develop, I, I think there is a nucleus that could be built here. It's just all at the end how it's going to develop. Yeah, well, I look at my notes. I legitimately just wrote Joe Flacco, the goat. <laughs> um, it's insane to me that I, I completely forgot he was in the in the league until the start <laughs> of this season. Um, but yeah, for him to put up four TDs, I don't think he's going to be consistent with that. I think they'll they'll have to get uh, Wilson back in. But uh, one of my takeaways from this game is that the Jets, if they keep making ballsy plays like that fake punt, I think surprising defenses and doing stuff like that, that's a good move. And if the Jets' D can put up more sacks, I think there's a high likelihood of wins. You just bring, bring pressure on defense, let the offense do 
what they were doing in games like that. And you have a pretty good chance. Yeah, especially in the position that the Jets are in. Why not just take that chance? Um, play to win the game, as Herm Edwards uh, You play to win the game. Yep. And so uh, the recently fired from Arizona State University, Herm Edwards, but nonetheless. Um, and so, yeah, uh, your MVP for this one. It's the clear-cut option, Joe Flacco, the GOAT. The goat. I, I gave honorable mention to Nick Chubb. I think if it goes the Browns' way, he, he gets the MVP. Should he, have, uh, should he have not taken that touchdown? I say he should have and rightly did. It wasn't one of those situations where it was a high likelihood of them blowing it. Right. So, yeah, Joe Flacco, MVP, MVP of the season. <laughs> yeah, MVP of the season, MVP of yeah. the decade, play Q- QB of the decade, Joe Flacco. Hall of Fame. Hall yeah, of Fame. He's, he's going to be all the way in. I love it. Um, let's move on to the Lions and the Commanders. I love this Lions squad for more more ways than one. Um, I had them uh, winning this one, so I'm happy with that my prediction came out correctly on this one. Um, this is a Lions team. I... I Another big game for Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, he continues uh, his dominance, uh, scoring at least a touchdown in, I believe, the last six games. And so uh, this Lions squad, they came out to a hot start in the beginning. The Washington Commanders were coming back a little bit, but the Lions were able to hold on. And so uh, this is a feisty team, man. Uh, they're, they're a team that's going to you know fight all the way to the end. And I think we got that sense from Dan Campbell through the Hard Knocks show and, uh, and, and really just the games that we saw last year with the Lions and what we're continuing to see this year because with the Eagles game last week, they fought all the way to the end. They did not stand down. They kept fighting and yes, they lost, but they still brought it to Philadelphia. Um, and we saw it here. They took the lead. They never looked back and Lions uh, looking good. Aiden Hutchinson as well, having a big game. Uh, and so uh, I like this Lions squad uh, in terms of the commanders. You know, they're, they're such a weird team for me. I don't think they're going to do much. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, I've been very, very critical of Carson Wentz. I don't think he's he shows flashes uh, and and it's just like it's like you could see it like before that knee injury a couple of years ago when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. People forget that he was performing on an MVP level and there was legitimate talk about who was the better quarterback, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott in that division. Now, obviously, it's Dak Prescott. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, And so. He's just he shows flashes, but he's just so inconsistent. But I will say I do like the receiving options that they have uh, a Terry McLaurin, a Curtis Samuel, um, a Jahan Dodson's looking like a good pickup uh, that they had in the draft. Um, do I think they're going to go far? No, but I think there's something there. And, and I do like Ron Rivera. Um, but uh, this Lions squad coming up big and getting the win against Washington. Yeah, and. Honestly, the first thing that I pointed out about this when I wanted to look back on it is that to me, it was two mediocre quarterbacks balling out. You could call Jared Goff and Carson Wentz mid-tier, maybe. Back in the day, maybe high-tier, but um, would you have four touchdowns for Goff, three touchdowns for Wentz? Um, I think you talk about Dak Prescott, I think Wentz has the, uh, the advantage on him right now because he's healthy. Well, well, that's true. Well, 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 we've got the health factor. Sure. Like if, if I can't throw Dak Prescott out there right now. OK, I understand that. But I, I'd still. I, so right now, yes, Wentz. When no, I, I, I do. I do agree that overall Dak Prescott, I would take him over once. Um, but and it's this game is proving that uh, St. Brown might be one of the premier wide receivers of the league. You yeah. give him another year. He might be considered top 10. 
if he's putting up 100-yard games, touchdowns a game. And one of the big takeaways is that it's awesome to see a Dan Campbell coach team winning. Yes. Because I like Dan Campbell. It, he just hasn't succeeded yet because he's coaching the Lions. <laughs> yes. And uh, But no, their offense looks good. And I think the big decider on whether or not they win a game is Jared Goff. If he comes out to perform, the players around him seem like they'll they'll rally. Yeah. And I think in the case of the Lions, like I, I, I don't foresee them making the playoffs. But I, if they keep games competitive and they show flashes, I think that will satisfy the fan base. I, if I'm the Lions, I'm looking at one of those quarterbacks and uh, that's coming up in the draft, like a Bryce Young or or whatever. But um, nonetheless, uh, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is really turning into something. And something that's not been talked about a lot that I think should be discussed more is the Lions also drafted a receiver in the first round. They took a risk in Jamison Williams. And he's not playing right now, obviously, because he's still uh, recovering from that uh, torn ACL, I believe it was. Um, if he's if he comes back and he's fully healthy, that's two. Especially if St. Brown continues his 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 momentum, those are two receivers that could really do some damage for this Lions squad. Yeah, one of the they could <clears throat> go to be one of the top uh, top duos in a couple of years. And uh, I think on the other side of the ball, the Commanders their O line wasn't looking amazing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Wentz his stats on paper were good, but I noticed a lot of inconsistencies. And I think, like you said, he shows flashes, and that's essentially what was pointed out in that game is that his yeah. stats were good, but in crucial moments, he's just not hes not that guy. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a reason why NFL franchises like the Colts and the Commanders are still giving up draft picks to try and find something with Wentz. Um, but nonetheless, uh, your MVP for this one. Another easy MVP for me, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. If he can, if he keeps showing performances like this, like I said, he'll be climbing his way up the ranks of uh, receivers in the league. Hundred percent. And and also, uh, I I, sh- I should also mention that uh, duo running back tandem in in Detroit with uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I uh, yeah, I really like DeAndre Swift. Ever like ever since he came out of uh, he was Georgia, right? Yes. Yeah. Ever since he came out of Georgia, I I had high hopes for him, and he started off a little slow, but he's found his stride and I, I like the the tandem there yeah it's very very easily one of the best lines running backs they've had in a while yeah I mean I, I think back to like ever since Barry Sanders really the best running back I could think of for that squad is like an aging Reggie Bush and oh lord that's, that's that's the only running back I could think of if there's if there's another running back out there that was better I, I'd love to hear it but that was the first person that came to mind um Let's go to Tampa Bay and New Orleans, uh, 20 to 10. Tom Brady was not happy in this one, Mr. Ranger. Yeah, he did his uh, his patented uh, Microsoft Surface throw. I think that's uh, back-to-back years against the Saints again. They seem to frustrate him. He's uh, His age is starting to show, in my opinion, and I, I feel like that's a conversation every year for the past six years is that Tom Brady's age is showing and that he's going to regress. Um, and, and on top of that, there's the whole drama going on. Won't get into that with uh, with his family, but yeah. that could be a, a little off the field uh, problems that are showing on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I there's there's different elements to it, and I think just looking strictly on the field, I look at what he's got to deal with now. He has no Chris Godwin, 
Now Mike Evans is gone for a game with a suspension, and it looks like Julio is not going to be back for this upcoming Sunday game either. So now he's relying on Rashad Perriman and Scotty Miller and uh, not not the same level of receiver. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this game was very... It was it was moving at a very snail's pace. It was like 3-3 at one point. Like, not one squad was able to get one over, but thanks to some uh, defensive work from the Bucks and... Uh, Jameis kind of going back to his Buccaneers day and throwing some uh, crucial picks. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to come back. I, I, At the end of the day, when it comes to age with Tom Brady, at the end of the day, Father Time will always win. It will always win. It may be a little bit later than others, but Father Time will always win. Um, you know, I looked at the Cowboys game and, you know, the Cowboys imploded on themselves th- that week is so... But I, I think what wasn't talked about is Brady kind of looked a little bit off uh, in, in some of his throws. He didn't look all the way there. Um, now, Tom Brady, you know, I here's my here's my hot take here, uh, Mr. Anger. Um, I never I, I don't think he's the goat, but I think he's got the greatest career of all time, if that makes any sense. Like you look at how the the, the accolades that he has and, of course, the records and, 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 and whatever, like absolutely one of one of if not the greatest career probably in the nfl but whenever i watch tom brady play like was he absolutely one of the top quarterbacks in the league of course i'm not gonna disagree i would look like an idiot hosting a football podcast you know to say that tom brady wasn't a great quarterback but i think i i look at him and like he he was never like the flashy quarterback and that's fine but he never really stood out for me compared to like other quarterbacks that i that i watched um and so i guess just sort of a side tangent there. So just kind of seeing that like now it's starting to aggress a little bit and now he doesn't really have the receiving weapons he has and his offensive line is weaker from the from the year before. I think things are starting to come to Brady a little bit. I still think he's a guy you can start in the NFL. He's better than some, still better than some quarterbacks in this league. Oh, for sure. But uh, I, I I think we are starting to see some uh, some uh, wear and tear on, on, on the GOAT, the quote-unquote GOAT. Yeah, and I mean, in his mid forties, I'd I'd hope to see uh, a little less athleticism and a, a little less uh, ability. <laughs> that I do kind of agree, actually, on your point of uh, of goat status. Um, definitely the best career of all time, like you said. And it t- to me, if you're gonna put him in the goat status, it really comes down to his longevity. Yeah, the fact that he's been able to be so consistent for so long. He's only ever missed a lengthy part of a season once mm-hmm. i believe was when he tore his acl yep and it, it kind of reminds me not directly but very similar to lebron in the in the nba that they've both been doing it for so long and very consistently mm-hmm. lebron another guy that is in that debate but might not be number one right and in, in the nfl who, who do you who do you consider then you put Aaron Rodgers up there? Or? Uh, no, I don't put Rodgers as my goat. Um, like one of very talented quarterback, one of one of the more talented quarterbacks. Like I think of guys like I think Peyton Manning. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dan Marino. Um, I'm not going to say Troy Aikman, although I want to say Troy Aikman just to piss you off. But Philip Rivers, uh, Philip Rivers, yeah, <laughs> uh, Drew Brees. Uh, no, I, like I think of Peyton Manning in terms of the way he sort of changed, like calling at the line and and and. You know, he didn't have as many fourth quarter comebacks or whatever than than other guys, but he was a guy that the way he just controlled the field and and just his overall skill set, I think you instantly put him on on the field and you're automatically a better team. 
Um, Dan Marino, I, I think, has to be up there in terms of his ability to sling the ball. So I, I probably think of those two as as my goats, to be honest. Right. Well, my takeaway, I, this is one of the games I didn't catch live, but my takeaway is that Jameis is not the goat. Jameis hey, Winston, no. when, just looking at his stat line before I even saw highlights, it's a, a touchdown and three interceptions. That's very much like you said uh, back in his Bucks days, 30 for 30. <laughs> and aside from the Evans suspension, didn't really look like that much of a game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and your MVP for this one. Uh, my MVP, I picked uh, Jamel Dean Yeah, with two picks. Yeah, two yeah. crucial picks in that one. Um, and so let's move on to the Giants and Panthers. Um, Giants are sneaky team in the first couple of weeks, uh, beating some, beating the Titans and then beating the Panthers. Um, some interesting things going on in that squad. I mean, I look at the usage of Kadarius Toney or lack thereof of usage of Kadarius Toney. And now what happened with Kenny Galladay and, um, you know, I, I look at that stuff and I thought this, I also was kind of hoping for a Baker Mayfield redemption arc going and it hasn't really hit quite yet. Now, granted, I don't think Baker Mayfield has the greatest offensive line in the world to, to make things work, but I still think he has the receivers there and a DJ Moore and a Robbie Anderson to do some damage. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, a different kind of culture going on with the Giants. Brian Dable is uh, bringing some hope to this franchise. As a Cowboys fan, I hate that, but I have to acknowledge it. Um, and so uh, this game, uh, it was interesting for me. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to his uh, prime days. I know he had a lot of injuries in the past couple of years. Christian McCaffrey is not hurt yet, so uh, good good stuff. We'll knock on wood on that one. Um, but uh, an interesting an interesting game, uh, Mr. Andrew. Yeah. Um, realistically, I'm disappointed in Baker Mayfield. Um, going into him being drafted number one, I really liked his his uh, attitude and his swagger, and I thought that he was doing good things for them, and he was, but. Uh, Deshaun Watson's definitely a better quarterback than Baker. I really wanted him to have at least a little bit of success in Carolina, and it's just not looking like it so far. Um, He's got weapons, like you said, in uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, but uh, it also doesn't help when the Giants are taking the ball away multiple times when it's not anything that he can control. Yeah, You start the game with a a fumble on a kickoff, and uh, you kind of expect it to go downhill from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, your your MVP on this one, I don't have too many takes on, on, on this Giants. No, it, again, I, I, I noted down that there wasn't really any crazy performances and that Saquon's good to have back. Not my MVP, though. I put that to uh, Graham Gano because he put up oh, the yeah. points to really give them the win. Love it. Give, giving the kicker some love. I, I love it. Gotta love a kicker when he performs. Absolutely. New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Patriots squeaking out the 17-14 win here. Another game that was kind of nothing really happening for me uh, uh, watching it, but Nelson Aguilar all of a sudden became Randy Moss. He had that beautiful catch and, and Moss a guy. I never thought in my lifetime I would see Nelson Aguilar be a guy who would Moss somebody. Um, but, uh, but a good throw from, from Mac Jones and, uh, and Aguilar was able to find it. Um, uh, and, and and really uh, kind of looking at this, Mitch Trubisky continues to be average. Um, to me, it's just only a matter of a couple of weeks before Kenny Pickett gets some looks. 
Um, Trubisky hasn't really balled out, I guess, is the, for lack no. of a better term at all. And so, um, and it's been pretty clear that he likes to throw to Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. And I'm like, you got George Pickens on your squad as well, like throw to him. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, the, this is a game that the Steelers fans always have circled is, is the Pats. They always want to beat the Patriots and uh, they were close in this one, but not enough. Yeah. And I think I wasn't expecting much from the Steelers this year. They're to me, a semi rebuilding team. You're a uh, year, a year removed from big Ben. You've got Trubisky, which my exact note is Trubisky is doo-doo, but don't make Pickett play next uh, play yet. <laughs> I say, like you said, give him, give him a few more weeks to learn the culture of the NFL and put him in. Minka Fitzpatrick, to me, is really the main big upside on Pittsburgh. He yep. made some crucial plays last week. Uh, sorry, week one. Yeah, last week against uh, against the Bengals to give them the win. But when it comes down to it, the Patriots right now are just the better team. I like Mac Jones. I don't love him though. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's right there. He's the he's in the above average uh, category for me. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote here that I love the Moss by Aguilar. <laughs> that was a nice catch. Yeah, it was it was a very nice catch. Um, and uh, any big MVP for you? Uh, or sorry, what was your MVP for this? Game? My MVP uh, was was Nelson Aguilar strictly <laughs> for, the for that Moss. Yeah, yeah love it. It was the one thing that stood out to me. Yeah, I, I, I. By the way, I do love that you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick. He's been looking really, really good for the Steelers, especially with TJ Watt out now for a while. He's going to be a, a key contributor uh, to look at uh, moving forward for the Steelers. Um, let's move on to an embarrassing loss for the Indianapolis Colts, and I don't. You know, people talk about week one being overreaction week. I always find week two and week three are actually the overreaction weeks because they think time has passed and they already know what's going on. But having said that, uh, you know, tying the Texans and then getting shut out by the Jaguars, I think there's some legitimate concerns in Indianapolis uh, and that needs to be addressed. Uh, You can't be going to Jacksonville getting shut out and having that be a pattern since like 2017 or whatever. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I I know Jacksonville, they are a much better squad than they were under Urban Meyer, but any, anybody could be a better squad once Urban Meyer goes away from your NFL team, so it's not that hard. Um, but I, I, like, I like Doug Peterson. He brings some stability, and I think Trevor Lawrence is talented enough to try and break through. I, I think he still has some growing to do, um, in terms of his game, but uh, Christian Kirk, you know, he's making me eat my words right now. Like he's, uh, you know, he got this top wide receiver one money, which didn't make any sense at free agency, totally screwed up the wide receiver market, likely forced AJ Brown over to Philadelphia because the Titans weren't willing to pay AJ Brown that lucrative money, but it's paying off for the Jaguars so far. He's, he's looked good. Um, and I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you could just at least take solace in the fact that you crushed the Colts. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't really have many notes to go into this game because there wasn't much more to say other than, put simply, you got shut out by the Jaguars. Yes. I I don't... That's definitely not something you want on your resume. I don't even care if they make the playoffs at this point. You've tied the Texans, like you said, been shut out by the Jaguars. And... The future game plan for the Colts, I know you their whole game plan was kind of thrown for a loop when Luck retired out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but the Colts need to draft a quarterback that isn't 60 years old. You go yeah. from Phillip Rivers to Matt Ryan, who looked 
terrible. Yeah. And I mean, Lawrence doesn't look that good either, but he outplayed Matt Ryan. Yeah. So that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the luck retirement at this point. Now it's five years. It's been five years since Luck's retirement. No, no more excuses about luck. You mentioned it. They, they've gotten all these quarterbacks, uh, Philip Rivers on his final year, uh, Carson Wentz in between. Uh, I believe jo- Jacoby Brissett had a, had a run there as well. Yeah, J- they had Jacoby Brissett was the first guy right after. Uh, right after, and, and I mean, Luck's retirement worked in Jacoby Brissett's uh, favor because they gave him a pretty lucrative deal for who he was. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, and so you would think during that time you would draft a quarterback, maybe develop him behind somebody, and then you'd get your long-term franchise QB. But obviously the thought process of the Colts is they thought that they could win now. They just needed that one piece at quarterback to take them over the top. And I think it's pretty clear now it's not just quarterback that's an issue. I think there's other factors. And I think you have to seriously consider whether Frank Reich's going to keep his job at the end of the year. I know it's week two. They could totally turn it around. Matt Ryan becomes the 2016, 2017 Matt Ryan that we know. But uh, when you're tying with the Texans and when you're losing to the Jags, getting blown out by the Jags on the road, uh, there's some there's some problems going on there in Indianapolis. You are not on the right path if that's your first two weeks. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, do you have an MVP for this one? I do have an MVP. It's the moneymaker, Christian Kirk. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, getting the two touchdowns, 78 yards uh, receiving, I believe. And yeah, Christian Kirk, he's he's earning his his paycheck. I'll, I'll give him that. I was critical. Uh, like, look, if, if I was offered a whole buttload of cash... Uh, even though I hadn't proved I was a wide receiver. I'm still taking the money. I don't blame him for taking the money, but totally resetting the wide receiver market. But uh, hey, Christian Kirk uh, paying off so far. Get that uh, bag. Get that bag. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to a wild and crazy game between the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. I watched this game uh, all the way through, even when Baltimore had this massive lead and I've been a guy that's gone on this show and said, watch out for this Miami team because this Miami team's exciting. They got Tyreek Hill now. Jalen Waddle's a very good receiver. Obviously, there was a lot of questions about Tua Tungavaloa, but they bring in Teron Armstead. They bring in a whole bunch of speedy guys. And Mike McDaniel is a guy that I was like, this guy is going to be like the next McVay or whatever. And I try to avoid that stuff, but I hear, but you like, you see the stuff that he was doing in San Francisco. And I was like, man, they got something brewing in, in Miami. And let me tell you, this game was exciting to watch. Tua Tagovailoa all of a sudden became the second coming of, of, of Dan Marino, just firing balls in and, and just uh, finding Tyreek, finding Jalen Waddle, some unreal uh, statistics. And I'm just going to pull them up here. Uh, over 460 yards passing for Tua Tagovailoa, 469 passing yards, six touchdowns. And then, of course, on the receiving end, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Both go over 170 yards with Hill getting 190 yards, both scoring two TDs. I mean, they just put up a roaring comeback on this Baltimore Ravens squad. And I think, again, I think this is a very exciting team to look out for in this Miami Dolphins squad. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is one of the games I unfortunately didn't catch live. I had to go go through uh, highlights to get my my notes here. But the rece- the Dolphins receivers are looking insane yeah. a couple weeks in. Tyreek is paying off like I thought he would. I mean, love him or hate him, he's a top five receiver in the league. He puts up 
almost 200 yard games at least a couple times a season. Yep. Um, I wrote down at first that Tua was making smart and accurate throws, uh, but that mistakes come when he takes shots into coverage. I got uh, a couple more minutes into the highlights and then wrote, <laughs> okay, never mind. Tua has an arm, LOL. <laughs> yes. All those questions over the offseason, can Tua throw a deep ball? There's always the one question I find in the last couple of years that looks badly when the fans talk about it. I think back to last year when Jamar Chase was dropping balls in preseason and everyone was like, oh, he's got bricks for hands. He can't catch. Then he goes on to have one of the best, if not the best rookie season for a wide receiver ever. And so yeah. uh, now obviously a little bit different for Tua. Obviously, I think everybody could agree. This is a big prove it year for Tua Tagovailoa. He has all these weapons with him now with the Jalen Waddle, with the Tyree kill. Mike Kosicki is an underrated tight end. They bring in Raheem Mostert uh, and Chase Edmonds and they bring in Teron Armstead to be the stud left tackle. And they bring in the offensive minded uh, head coach. All these assets were Tua Tagovailoa. Can he take advantage of it? And boy, did he ever. And looking at this Ravens squad, I wouldn't be concerned if you're a Ravens fan. Um, now, obviously, losing the way that they did sucks. Uh, and, and for some teams, it'd be hard to overcome. But I still think this is a very, very good Ravens team um, that once they have, you know, because they are a walking infirmary at times because J.K. JK Dobbins is still out for the time being. Probably going to come back soon, but he's a guy that will instantly bring some elements to the running game. Um, so I don't think Baltimore should be concerned, but still not the result that they wanted. No. And I think what it comes down to, to me, uh, it's very similar to, uh, things I see in the chargers as a longtime fan is that they were going, they went for it on fourth down when they had a pretty sizable lead. That's where I would just punt the ball, play field position and let them kill the clock while they try to push up the field. Um, Lamar, just like any other mobile quarterback, I would like to see him learn how to slide more and also play in the pocket because I feel like he's got an underrated arm for what people, uh, give him credit for. Cause yep. he always gets those memes. Oh, he's my favorite running back <laughs> this, that. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty sad way to lose. But my biggest takeaway is that Mike Kosicki is the whitest man in the NFL, the way he hit that gritty. <laughs> yes. A lot of respect uh, as a, as a fellow extremely white man. <laughs> yes. I could, I can relate to him. Um, I'm very pasty white. I, I, I can relate to, I felt, I felt one with Mike Kosicki. I really did. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, a wild game. If you haven't watched the game, like even just check out the highlights. Cause this is an all, I think this could be an all-time game for some people. It was that good, especially the comeback and just the way the Dolphins came roaring back. Uh, your MVP in this one. MVP has to go to Tua. When you throw six touchdowns in a game, you can't not get that honor. But my honorable mention goes to Tyreek Hill because he put up almost 200 yards of that uh, of that passing offense and two touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go into the 4 o'clock window. We'll start with the Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. Did you know that it was 28 to 3 at one point? Did, did, did you know that it was the Falcons and it was 28 to 3? Do you know what happened at 20? Because I don't think they made it clear enough that it was 28 to 3 at one point. They didn't make it clear enough at all. I mean, not on Twitter, not on the broadcast, nowhere. Like 28 to 3 at the Falcons, you know? I mean, they just, they, I wish they emphasized that more, you know? Um, <laughs> but I will say about the Falcons, uh, they almost pulled off the comeback here. Um, nonetheless, the Rams still came out with a victory. Um, you know, this, this Falcon squad, 
I'm not as high on. I like Drake London. They got to get the ball to Kyle Pitts uh, in order to get their offense going. They got to try and get him some targets. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. You, you've got to utilize him. Marcus Mariota, I, he provides an interesting dual threat option, but uh, overall, I mean, I'm not as high on him as being a starter. Um, in this Rams squad, this was a big rebound game for them after just being dominated by the Bills on, on opening night. Um, Cooper Cup having another big game. Matthew Stafford just finding Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson getting involved. I wasn't concerned about the Rams in terms of their ability to rebound. Little dicey at the end. Thankfully, that Jalen Ramsey pick kind of saved things for the Rams, but um, but nonetheless, uh, the Rams coming out with the victory here. Yeah, and I mean, you're happy with the victory, but if you're the Rams or if you're a Rams fan, sorry, Matthew Vernon, but uh, it's got to be a little bit of a cause for, cause for concern to win the Super Bowl. Lose week one to the Bills, I'll give you a pass on that because it's the Bills. But uh, to keep it that close with the Falcons and almost blow it, you're happy, but just, you know, you be a little games. cautious. Be a little cautious. Yeah. I've uh, I've always liked Marcus Mariota. I'm not going to say that he's a good, quote-unquote, good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has his moments, and, uh, and uh, I just, I like the way he plays. Um, Stafford is looking okay. Mm-hmm. He's not looking like he's poised to win another Super Bowl, but... Uh, I mean, he's spreading the ball to his receivers well, which I like to see when you have three or four receivers that all put up close to 100 yards. It's it's a good night for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and your MVP for that one? My MVP has to be Cooper Cup. He was putting up Cooper Cup numbers. And uh, I think him getting one good game is kind of your stepping stone to him not putting up another triple crown, but right. he, he's going to have a solid season. Yeah, a very a very good receiver in in Cooper Rush, uh, Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup. <laughs> we'll talk about Cooper Rush. Yeah, I yeah, mean he's the, he's the goat in my mind he's right now. But uh, we'll we'll talk about Cooper Rush. Um, we'll talk about uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, a big win for San Francisco, but a big loss uh, at the quarterback end, losing Trey Lance uh, to a brutal knee injury, out for the season. Um, definitely not the way that uh, you'd want to see uh, a player go down and. Uh, but there, there's also a reason why they kept Jimmy G around for situations like this. And he came in and he did what he needed to do to get the win. Um, otherwise, other than the Trey Lance thing, nothing big storyline wise. The Seattle Seahawks became the team that we thought they were. Uh, they, you know, after that really impressive win last week um, against the Broncos, uh, they look like the team that I thought they were. Um, Geno Smith went back to looking like Geno Smith in my eyes. And, um, and 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 look, the Seahawks, they still have some weapons there. Like like Lockett and 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 Metcalf are still there. But um one of the plays they did, that fake throw, I believe, was this game uh with Dallas and it was just weird. And um but yeah, this was this was pretty much a San Francisco dominated game, uh, but a big loss in Trey Lance going down to an injury. Yeah, um you kind of just spoke on everything that I had in mind for this game. <laughs> um I, I have that ability. Yeah, you're a smart guy. Uh, also handsome. Oh, well, I appreciate um, that. So, yeah, you have Trey Lance out for the season. Um, good move, I guess, restructuring Jimmy G's contract so he could come bail you guys out. I, I don't understand the, the hate on Garoppolo because he's, a, as far as I've seen, he's a winner. Yeah. Maybe it's the teams that he has around him, but he has brought them to uh, conference championships. and Super Bowl. He went to a Super yeah. Bowl. 
went to a Super Bowl, and so he he's a he's a winning quarterback. Um, like you said, I, I was expecting Seahawks and Geno Smith to kind of play to the level they played that week. I'm really glad that they used all of their energy on the Broncos of all teams. Yeah. Um, just going through my notes here, Debo uh, Debo Samuel's my favorite running back in the league. Um, <laughs> That's where the Lamar Jackson went to. <laughs> exactly. Went to Debo it's, it's moved to Debo. Uh, Jimmy G wins. Why is he hated? He's also handsome. <laughs> yes. Very handsome man, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Very useful notes here. Yes. I uh, Really in-depth, really like analyzing the X's and O's coming from that game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the thing with Jimmy G is that he's not... He's not the most exciting quarterback. He just gets it done. You kind of want a little bit more with Jimmy G, but you mentioned it. It's like went to an NFC championship game last year, went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So you could win with him. It's just you kind of want a little bit more with Jimmy G. And I yeah. think that's the, where the criticism kind of comes from for him. Um, do you think the Trey Lance loss is is a big impact for, for San Francisco or do you think they'll just be just fine with Jimmy G? I mean, like I said, I don't understand why Trey Lance had to even be brought in in the first place. I like Jimmy G, so I don't think there should be any cause for concern. Give it two weeks. Maybe I'll be, you know, maybe I'll be eating my hat on that one. But yeah. uh, but no, I like Garoppolo, and I think that he still puts them in a good position to win. And your MVP for this one? My MVP is another obvious one, uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Nice. Because because I just like Kyle Juszczyk and he yeah. also scored. So yeah, there you go. I love it. So let me, so let me pick Kyle Juszczyk. I love it. So you get the kicker in and you're getting the fullback in. Hell yeah. Every, everybody's getting an MVP uh, award in, in this one. Uh, this is a game I'm really looking forward to talking about. Dallas Cowboys versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I never doubted Cooper Rush for a second. Uh, don't go back and find any tweets or, or audio or Facebook posts or whatever. That indicated otherwise. I've been a supporter of Cooper Rush since day one. I knew he would win. Uh, I knew that he could be successful. Um, and uh, Cincinnati stinks. And Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. That's what's happening. Uh, we're going to go to the Super Bowl with Cooper Rush. Uh, that's all I have to say. What do you have to say, Nick Anger? Uh, I have to say that I really wish I could find my notes on this game. Because, uh, I mean, my first point for sure, without even finding it, is... Oh, there it is. Yep, my first point. Bengals lost to Cooper Rush. <laughs> Um, I also pointed out though that Joe Burrow is probably poised to pop because he sucks right now. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I and I feel like he's one of those he's one of those guys where he has a few bad weeks and then becomes the second coming. <laughs> yeah, it's especially the way that he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I thought Cooper Rush went off to a really good start in the first half. As soon as they started establishing this this running game that they had, it's almost like all of a sudden it opened things up on the play action and they could do stuff with it. It's like they could have done that in the first game, but no, they had to do a trick play uh, right in the early part of the game the week before. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Tony Pollard. Um, I think he's an RB1. Uh, I'd much rather they'd have Pollard RB1 and then Zeke be the change of pace back, similar to what... Uh, the Broncos have with Javante Williams being RB1 and Melvin Gordon being the, the change of pace back. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about this receiving core. You know, I was I was kind of making fun of Dennis Houston. Unfortunately, he got waived. Uh, I did not want to see him lose his job. Um, but I was critical of that Dennis Houston got into the starting role. But um, Noah Brown showed out. He's a guy that I've kind of been circling as like somebody who could definitely be a starting receiver in this league. Um, CD Lamb, I was more critical of other than others in terms of his ability to be a wide receiver one. 
Um, but first half, Cooper Rush did what he needed to do, get the ball in, threw some touchdowns, all you needed to do. Um, second half, he slowed down. They kind of didn't do as much, but I look at this Bengals squad, man, and it's the same thing that we've been saying for last couple of years now with this Bengals squad. They need to find a way to fix up this offensive line and quick because the way that that's that Joe Burrow is taking pressure is totally unsustainable. And so I know they made all those moves over the offseason, but they have to find something to get this offensive line in gear uh, because Lael Collins, a former Dallas Cowboy right tackle, was just getting mauled by Micah Parsons all game. Um, and, 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 and Leighton Vander Esch also got a sack in when Leighton Vander Esch is getting a sack on you. Like you're kind of in some trouble. Um, they have such offensive line troubles that even if Joe Burrow wanted to throw to Jamar Chase, it was going to be tough for them. So I think that's just the big thing for the, the Bengals. They got to figure, figure out their offensive line situation quick. Cause this is totally unsustainable. Yeah. And I mean, the offensive line is almost more important than your quarterback position because they're, they basically decide whether or not they're good or not. I mean, a couple examples of of that scenario. You have Joe Burrow two years ago in his rookie season, got absolutely demolished and was out for most of the season. Yeah. And then going back to past Thursday, I'm bringing up the Chargers again. You, you lose a couple of your good linemen and uh, pressure gets through. Your quarterback starts getting hit and he underperforms, gets hurt. It's... Uh, it's a mess, and I think that's basically, like you said, what they need to do to make success come in the next stretch of the season. Yeah. Um, my only other point about the Bengals is that Eli Apple is not good. <laughs> yeah, no. I am not a. I mean, I'm with most people. I'm not in the minority here when I say Eli Apple is not a very good corner. Yeah. He talks a lot of trash, but is not really able to back it up. Uh, so... Uh, it is what it is there. Uh, before we get to your MVP, I also want to quickly mention, uh, you know, Tyler Smith, uh, the, the first round draft pick for the Cowboys. He's been looking pretty good. Knock on wood. Um, but, uh, you know, filling in on the left tackle spot, he didn't get that much left tackle uh, training during training camp. Um, I know he played left tackle in college, but, you know, with the NFL, it's a different beast. But for what he's been able to do, he's looked pretty he look, looked pretty solid so far. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to Tyler Smith. Um, your MVP in this one. Uh, my MVP, it, honestly, it was one of those games where there wasn't anyone that really stood out in a major way. So I gave it to Cooper Rush because he came in as a as a as a, a backup quarterback and uh, pulled out the win. He also didn't turn the ball over. He didn't throw any interceptions. At least I, I don't think he fumbled the ball. Uh, so not not that I can think of. No. So uh, a zero turnover game for a quarterback getting a win is uh, I think that's MVP worthy. Yeah, there you go. And not only for this game, but for the season, obviously. Is yeah, hundred percent. Cooper yeah. Rush MVP. I uh, I I have your back on that one. I love it. I'll, I love it. Get on the Cooper Our Rush fight. bandwagon. You're, you're only your only behind Joe Flacco. Only behind Joe Flacco. Okay, you know what? That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, let's go to Broncos and Texans. And this is a game that just like this Broncos squad. I predicted this team was not going to make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would be off to this. I know they won. But I've never been more infuriated about them winning. Like, this coaching, man, is just like, they, can, they cannot score on the goal line. These really wonky play calls from Hackett. And I just, like, I look at this Broncos squad, and they should be so much better than, than the way they're playing right now. I know they won, and you got to take the wins when they come, but this is the Houston Texans. 
You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is this is this, and it's not only the Houston Texans. It's Lovey Smith coaching the Houston Texans in 2022. You want to talk about Joe Flacco being in the league forever? Lovey Smith was the head coach of the Bears in like 2005. I like Lovey Smith. I, I, he shouldn't be a coach in 2022. He has a nice beard. Well, he has a nice. He does have a very nice big white beard, but that doesn't make him a head coach. It's just unbelievable. Uh, this 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 game was truly frustrating. Um, the, I did laugh at the Broncos crowd counting down the play clock so that they could pay attention so that they don't take a delay of game penalty. I thought that was amazing. I never heard that before. It was kind of like in the WWE with the Royal Rumble countdown. That's what it kind of okay. reminded me. Um, but I uh, just look at this Broncos squad and they won, but they've got some issues to sort out on the coaching side because I think the talent is totally there. But they got to use guys like Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon more. They've got receivers. I know they lost Tim Patrick, but you still have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know that the Seahawks players, they go on Twitter. And he probably didn't give the defense enough credit uh, for his rise in Seattle. I get that. I'm sure Richard Sermon and and Doug Baldwin and, and whatever are still mad about that. But at the end of the day, I still think Russell Wilson is a elite quarterback and and you should be getting much more uh russell wilson i don't necessarily this game i put a little bit more blame on wilson the first game other than some of those goal line drives but even then those were just fumbles from the running backs i i think you got to get more out of the coaching in this yeah well first things first broncos country let's ride (laughs) yes Um, of course i forgot to do that yeah broncos country let's ride um but yeah i agree 100 i don't right now uh, Russell Wilson has not been worth the money unless he starts figuring things out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to remain not worth the money. Um, and I mean, you can look at it as a, a quarterback in a new environment, new, new coaches, new play playbook. Yeah. I don't know, yep. but still it's Russell Wilson. If he's going to be getting that big of a paycheck and have that much of a, a, a status, he needs to, start getting the ball rolling. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he needs opportunities at, at, at the end of it. Like, I think some of that goes back to Hackett just not giving him some opportunity. Now there are some moments that he's got to deliver on, but I, but Wilson also has to be given the opportunity in the first place to at least try. So I'm, I'm not as critical on Wilson as others are. If it's like week five and he's still not delivering on the goal line, then I'm going to be more critical, but I, I still think a lot of this ha- goes back to Hackett. And I mean, you got the win, but it's versus the Texans and it wasn't a, you know, an authoritative win. Mm -hmm. Davis Mills is not like a starting caliber quarterback in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people would agree. Yep. So you're not going to keep winning if you're not playing against bad teams like this. Yeah. Because if if you're bringing that same energy against good teams, you're, you're done. I mean, he's, he's playing in a, in the AFC West which to me even still is one of the most competitive divisions right now. It's kind of steelheaded by the chiefs, unless the chargers uh, bounce back, which I think they will. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, you're up against the chargers, you're up against the chiefs and the Raiders are also a solid team mm-hmm. and you have to play each of them twice a year. So if you don't bring your a game, that's six losses right there. hundred percent. And so uh, your MVP in this one, my MVP, this was, I put a question mark beside, it. I said Cortland Sutton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because again, it wasn't one of those games where anyone stood out and was uh, a real force. But Cortland Sutton had a pretty solid game. Yep. No, absolutely. I thought maybe you're going to give it to Lovey Smith's beard 
as the MVP? I'm changing my MVP. Lovey Smith's beard <laughs> now that that's an option. There you go. There you go. Um, another wild game we're going to talk about to finish off at the 4 o'clock window. Arizona Cardinals versus those Las Vegas Raiders you were mentioning earlier. Uh, wow, is all I could really say uh, when it comes to the uh, the Cardinals. I think... Uh, uh, Oh, now all of a sudden the head co- uh, head coach's name escapes Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's got to be praying that uh, that uh, Kyler Murray kind of saved him a little bit on this one because I think he's a guy that is on the hot seat if, if they don't perform this year. Boy, did Kyler Murray come out and, and, and look like a baller. Some of the throws he was making in, in clutch moments uh, were just beautiful throws. Um, you know, this Raiders squad, I, I'm still a believer in this Raiders squad, but... Um, I, I, I like the connection between Carr and Devontae Adams, but boy, this Cardinal squad, they, they, they took their moment to come back and uh, that long play uh, on that two-point drive, I think it was like 20, 25 seconds, uh, was just ridiculous. And then, of course, after all that offensive firepower, the way the game ends is on a fumble from Hunter Renfro. <laughs> uh, his second fumble in as many plays, I believe, if not the third play, uh, and then the Cardinals taking it in on defense. Uh, boy, this was a this was a wild game. Another wild game in the NFL schedule. As a, as a fantasy football player, I am not a fan of Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Do you so have him on your team? He's he was uh, he was starting that uh, week two. Ooh. I thought he was poised to have a pretty decent game, and I lost my week by a point and a half. Oh, those fumbles killed you then. Yep. Oh. Um. But but yeah the. I mean, the two-point play by Kyler was definitely the biggest play of the week, in my opinion. He, yeah. well, he ran. It was like sixty or eighty yards or something like that across, like back and forth across the field before yeah. he actually took it in. Um, and that begs the question to me: Is Kyler worth the money that he, you know, strongholded them into? And I say maybe. Mm-hmm. It's less cut and dry to me compared to Russell Wilson, because mm-hmm. so far Kyler Murray has shown waves of. Uh, of being worth that amount of money. Yep. And uh, on the other side of the ball, David Carr was okay. I think he's he's not a bad quarterback, and he's but he's not in the upper echelon yet. He keeps almost getting there, and uh, kind of just he, he moves like two steps forward, one step back in my mind. Yep. I, I think I think Derek Carr is a little bit underrated, but uh, I I just don't think he had a lot of weapons to work with. Um, now that he's got Devontae Adams, I think this is a chance for him to kind of show out. Um, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, I see the talent there. I mean, we saw it in, in in this Raiders game. The talent's there. I don't think there's any denying that, and his ability to be mobile uh, is is also an asset for him. Um, is it sustainable for the Cardinals? Probably not. Um, but, uh, hey, a big win for the Cardinals. Uh, your MVP in this one. My MVP is Kyler Murray strictly for that two-point conversion because that was a clutch play to get them into overtime. Yeah. Um, one point I will make about Kyler Murray, if history repeats itself, uh, the new Call of Duty game comes out in about a month. <laughs> and uh, so if you're a fantasy football player, you might want to bench him around that time. Yeah, I just Expect a little say, bit of regression. Yeah. It, when is it double XP week? Do you know? Uh, for him, probably all the time. They oh, probably have the him. They probably have him hooked up. Yeah, I hopefully I didn't uh, out myself as not playing video games for a while because I don't know if double XP week is still. Oh, a it's thing. still a thing. Okay, it's perfect. still a thing, and I'm going to be enjoying it. Uh, I I know you will be. Um, so that's the end of the four o'clock window, and really just a lot of blowouts to just kind of finish things off on the prime time night games. Uh, Packers Bears. I mean, 
You've seen this game once. You've seen it a thousand times. The Packers own the Bears. Uh, Rodgers came out. He he looked good. But really, the story for me was the two running backs, Aaron Jones and uh, and uh, and uh, what's AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. That's right. Um, and so uh, running backs came out. They looked impressive. Uh, Fields is in for a rough stretch if he's throwing to Dante Pettis and the lesser St. Brown, Equinamius St. Brown. Uh, sick name. Sick name. But uh, too bad it doesn't really match his uh, talent level so far in the NFL. But um, nonetheless, I mean, this is your classic Packers beat down. Um, Rodgers continues to own the Bears, Mr. Ranger. Yeah, my first note literally says it's Rodgers versus the Bears. Are you surprised? <laughs> because I don't think anyone should be. Nope. And, and on top of that, everyone rips on Rodgers when he plays like ass in week one. But that's every year. <laughs> he had a terrible start last year and then ended up getting his back-to-back MVP. Yep. Um, Justin Fields, why do you suck? That's another <laughs> one of my points. I want to like him. He's not special, but he also doesn't give me any reason to hate him. Yep. Um, David Montgomery played pretty good. That's one of the, the takeaways that the Bears fans can have. Yep. But uh, to stick with the running backs, that's going to be the most important aspect of the, uh, the Packers' success this year. Like you mentioned, Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon, who I've given the name Lord Fart, uh, Lord Large Quads. Oh, I like that. I like. Yeah, that. Um, they're going to be huge this year. You don't want to. Oh, you don't want to overrun one or the other. Yeah. You want to use them both, whether it's receiving or rushing. Yeah. Give Rogers a little bit of alleviation from pressure. Yep. And uh, yeah, give Rogers some receivers. <laughs> yeah. You mean to tell me uh, Alan Lazard is not a wide receiver one? Alien lizard? No. <laughs> uh, you know what? If if I'm the Packers, I'm kind of looking in on this Kadarius Tony situation, and I'm going to try and see if I can do something about that. Oh, Jordy um, Nelson's making a comeback. Oh, man. Could you imagine? They wheel him out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned David Montgomery. He's a guy who's all, I always find is under the radar. He's a good running back. He's just because he, play, he plays for the Bears. I was just going to say he's he, he plays for the Bears. And so but you, you always like when when I watch a Bears game, I'm like, oh, yeah, David Montgomery. He's a good running back. They should use him more. Um, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, your MVP in this one. My MVP in this one is Aaron Jones. Love he it. had a, a pretty monster game. Yeah. Not not I mean, not you, more you could give large it to- quads. No, no, unfortunately, because uh, he's also on my fantasy team. But uh, uh, I see. I mean, you could always give it to Rogers because he's he's the daddy of the Bears. So <laughs> that's right. Owns real estate uh, from last I heard. Um, is it in the stadium? Because <laughs> I think so. I think in the end zone, like actually, uh, I think <laughs> is where they own the real estate. Um, and then two blowouts in the doubleheader Monday nighters, um, which was kind of a little bit lackluster. Um, the Bills just absolutely crushed the Titans. Uh not really much you could take away there. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Malik Willis. Went one for four. So things are really looking up for the Titans. And, uh, you know, the Bills just look like an, uh, just a true force of the AFC right now. Uh, and Josh Allen, that connection with Stefan Diggs is just uh, an elite pairing right there. And um, just working out so well for those two. And uh, I pretty, pretty easy win here for the bills. Uh, it was at, at, by the time it was like the third or fourth quarter, the backups were in, it was pretty bad. Yeah. You, all your listeners are going to hate my mention of notes because I'm a, a big note taker. Hey, I'm going to read it. you my first, uh, five notes. I think this is all right. Uh, going into this game. So I said, the bills make me want to shout. That's note. Number one, 
Uh, Bill's defense is good. Yeah. Josh Allen is good. Yeah. Diggs is good. <laughs> the Bills are good. Yeah. No, they're that's a good team. My, that's my takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, just some hard hitting, deep analysis. But really, that's that's just the general takeaway. Von Miller is 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 looking really good for this Bills squad, and doesn't look like he's lost a step so far. Um, yeah, this, this was an easy win. Who is your MVP? I'm interested to hear your, who your MVP for this one. First, well, my anti MVP is Derrick Henry. He's looked, he's looked bad this year. Yeah, he has only first two weeks, but he's looked bad. Um, my MVP, I gave it to Josh Allen because he tossed up another four touchdowns. Yep. But mentioned to Stefan Diggs because he had a crazy game catching three of those. Yeah. I feel like you could swap either one of them, but I give it to the quarterback because he made it happen. Gotcha. Totally understand. And then the final Monday nighter here, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. I thought this would be a lot more competitive than it ended up being. Um, but uh, Eagles just came out, dominated the first half and didn't really look back. Kirk Cousins. I had the Vikings winning this game, but I made one fatal mistake, Mr. Andrew. You know what that fatal mistake was? I forgot about Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> and I realized, oh, yeah, it's Kirk Cousins in prime time Monday night. And he did not look good. I'm usually a defender of Kirk, but you look at this, the record and uh, you, you look at the way he's played in, on, in prime time, uh, he's got to be better. And I thought with Kevin Connell uh, coming in as the new head coach, coming in from the Rams, uh, and the way that I know the Packers don't do great first week, but still I thought the way that Justin Jefferson played that first week, I thought it would carry over. Um, but uh, it did not. It was, uh, it, was all, it was all Eagles. Jalen Hurts looked really good in this game. Uh, and so, yeah, Eagles win 24-7. Your thoughts? Um, well, my thoughts are that Kirk Cousins, to me, is the most overpaid player in sports right now. <laughs> yeah. He's got an insane contract. He milked Washington for everything they had with the uh, with the franchise tags and then took a boatload of cash from the Vikings. Yeah. And, I mean, like you said, chase that, like, chase that bag if you're going to get it offered to you, but I don't understand why anyone would offer Kirk Cousins that much money. Yeah. He hasn't really proven himself that much ever yeah at least in my eyes um and that brings me to jalen hurts who might actually be better than i thought he was i didn't give him that much credit over the past year or so but like uh, like stafford he did a really good job spreading the ball he did a really good job using his feet and similar to lamar jackson i just hope that he doesn't become another rg3 who takes unnecessary hits to get the extra yards he needs to protect himself yeah. And maybe, you know, learn how to throw the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Although he's not at a Lamar level where he's rushing for 150 yards every game. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a totally fair take. Um, you know, I, I, I just with Hertz and it, and it pained me to say it at the time, but I thought there could be something with Hertz with the addition of AJ Brown and having a number one receiver coming in. If, hey, if you're the Eagles, if you're Howie Rosenblum, where, uh, you can't draft a receiver to save your life. You get your J.J. Arcega white sides and your Jalen Riegers, who now ends up playing for the Vikings. Might as well just get an established wide receiver one in a trade, um, and that's sort of paying off right now. Uh, I think that A.J. Brown acquisition is looking good. Um, I, I think this Eagles squad, I still stand by it, and I'm going to puke when I say this, but I think they're going to win the NFC East uh, this year, and, um, and, and they had a big game in this one. Uh, your MVP for this one. My MVP had to give it to Jalen Hurts. He tossed the ball for a touchdown, brought it in himself a couple times. So I think it kind of speaks for him, for itself. Uh, I think he deserves that MVP. 
And so that's all of the week two games. We're going to give our picks for week three. And we're going to start off with Thursday night football, a divisional lineup, a divisional lineup, I should say, between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow on Amazon Prime. Are you a prime viewer of the NFL, Mr. Anger? Uh, I have Prime. I don't really know how to use it, but uh, <laughs> I try my best. I, I, I don't think it's I don't, actually now that I think about it, I don't think it's available in Canada on Prime. I think you can still get uh, it on the TV. So I watch it on DAZN. Well, there you go. Hey, I'm a DAZN user as well. There um, you go. Who's, who's your pick for uh, Steelers Browns? My pick is the Browns, and I don't think it's going to be a monumentous victory. I think uh, it's going to come down to uh, if the Steelers' defense performs, then maybe they can uh, scrape this one out. But I just think the Browns' rushing attack is going to take over. I don't think. I think with TJ Watt gone, you're going to get a lot more uh, a lot more open holes. Yeah, and I'm also going to pick the Browns. Uh, I, I think the running backs are just too good for this Pittsburgh Steelers' defense to contain. Um, Amari Cooper is sneaky wide receiver one. He also had a pretty good game the last game. You know, obviously he was kind of lost in the uh, you know Jets coming back with Joe Flacco as your quarterback. But um, Cooper is still looking good. I was a little bit critical of Cooper uh, more than more than others, but he's looking good for the Browns so far. Um, and that defense for the Browns, I always say it, it's still a very good defense. So I'm also going to pick the Browns for that one. We'll go to the Sunday window and we'll look at the Bills and the Dolphins. Your pick. Uh, I think it's a pretty obvious pick. Despite how the Dolphins played this uh, this past week, it's got to be the Bills. Right now, to me, they're the team to beat. Uh, they started off the year as favorites and they're making their case. So I think they're going to have a pretty uh, convincing win against the Dolphins. Yeah, and I'm also going to pick the Bills. I want to pick the Dolphins because I, I just love the way that this team is assembled and the way that it's going. I, I think Mike McDaniel's turning into a really good head coach again. I know it's two weeks in. Things could change, but things are looking really good in Miami. But this Bills team is just so, so good right now that I I am forced to pick the Bills. Uh, it'd be silly of me to pick the Dolphins in this one, so I'm going to go with the Bills. Let's go Bengals and Jets. Do you think the Bengals will recover and get their win back here? Or do you think the Jets could continue their momentum? Right now, looking at momentum, I think the Bengals are on a downward trend and the Jets are somehow on an upward trend. I'm giving the Jets the W. Oh, uh, right. it all comes it, to me. It comes down to uh, if if Joe Burrow bounces back, if Joe Mixon can uh, start making things happen, they'll pull this game out. But I just I don't see it. I think the Jets are riding a huge high after that comeback, mm -hmm. and uh, they're going to take this one. Interesting pick. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to pick the Bengals. Uh, I know they're on a downward trend, but I think in terms of the quality of teams that uh, the Bengals have faced, this is clearly the weakest one, even with the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys team. It's still a pretty good defense in Dallas, I think. Um, and so... Uh, I think they're facing a weaker defense in, in the New York Jets. Um, and I think Burrow's going to figure something out uh, and get the ball over to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and, and utilize Joe Mixon a little bit more. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to beat the Jets uh, in that one. Raiders and Titans, your pick. As much as it pains me to say, I'm going for a Raiders W here. Not that I'm going for it, sorry, but that I just don't think there's any other outcome. Yeah. The Titans are in shambles right now. You had to pull out Ryan Tannehill, who had negative fantasy points, Whew. 
for Malik Willis, who put up like half a fantasy point, and <laughs> Derek Henry, and Derek Henry, who put up like four fantasy points. Yeah, this is looking at it from a fantasy football perspective, but that translates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know the Raiders are gonna come out. I don't think they're gonna be able to stop uh, the connection of Devonte Adams and uh, and Derek Carr, and uh, I see them taking this win. I'm also going to pick the Raiders here. Uh, I agree with you. I think the Titans are in a rough stretch right now. And I think this is probably going to be if uh, one of the toughest tests for the Titans. Um, they face a giant squad. Uh, now, they, of course, they face the Bills, but this Raider squad is, is not a slouching team either. I know some have already kind of have them as disappointments the way things are going the first two weeks. But I think the Raiders will bounce back here um, and get the victory over the Titans. Let's go Saints and Panthers. You're picking that one. Um, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a real blowout on either side, but I've got the Panthers taking the win. I think Baker's going to get his first uh, his first win in the uh, black and blue, um, mainly because the Saints to me aren't uh, aren't a real competitive team right now. Yeah, Jameis Winston doesn't look too hot, and uh, I don't know. I think Baker's going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now that he's zero and two. Everyone's probably you know talking some smack about him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm also going to pick the Panthers. Uh, I, I think this Saints team, if, if, if Jameis stays under control and he utilizes Chris Olave and, and Michael Thomas goes back to uh, a, a form that we've seen from him a couple of years ago, I think this is a competitive matchup. Um, but I think I agree. I, I think this Panthers team, they're, they're going in with a chip on their shoulder. This is a divisional matchup. Um, this is a chance for them to kind of break out. Um, if the Panthers don't win this one, I think it's going to be a rough season. I think Matt Rule has to be on the hot seat uh, for that one. So, uh, but I am picking the Panthers as well for that game. Ravens and Patriots, your pick. Um, you know the Patriots don't look too terrible, but uh, the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is uh, in peak form right now, and I think he's going to pick apart that Patriots defense. I just don't think Mac Jones has enough uh, to really combat it. So I think the Ravens are going to take it by two scores. By two scores. All right. I like that uh, prediction there. Uh, I'm also picking Ravens. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson is playing like a guy who wants to earn a guaranteed contract right now. Um, And so I think that's going to continue on against the Patriots. He's been looking really good. Uh, I think this will be a big rebound for the Ravens. And so I'm also going to pick the Ravens in that one. Lions and Vikings. I'm, uh, I'm big on the Lions right now. You're going I'm lines? Picking them, I, I'm picking them for the W. Um, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Even despite again fantasy, I have him on my bench. I might drop him because uh, it's not looking like a good year for Captain Kirk. Nope. Uh, yeah, I think uh, St. Brown's going to have another big game, and that's going to be what leads them to a W. So I'm going to say St. Brown is going to have 120 yards and a touchdown. Oh, I like and that. Uh, DeAndre Swift will put up a solid 60 yards. No scores, but 60 yards. Gotcha. I like those specific stat predictions as well you're throwing in there. I get extra money if those happen, right? Uh, well, we'll discuss that after the podcast. Um, well, uh, But looking at the Lions-Vikings, I am going to pick the Vikings. I know I hear what you're saying about Kirk, but this is also not prime time. It's the 1 o'clock window. He's in a safe space uh, in the 1 o'clock window. Um, and I think that secondary for the Lions uh, hasn't looked too great in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think uh, you s- they still have some weapons on the, on the Viking squad uh, with the Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cooks can still go. Adam Thielen is a, wi- a solid wide receiver, too. I know there's questions about Kirk. I think they will rebound. I'm going to pick the Vikings in that one. 
Uh, Eagles and Commanders. Right now, I think the Eagles are riding such a high. Jalen Hurts is actually looking pretty decent, so I'm sticking with them to get the win. Um, you know, the command the Commanders, uh, Carson Wentz played a pretty decent game. They didn't end up coming out with the win. He played a decent game, but I just don't think it's going to stick. And so I think the Eagles are the more consistent team, and they're going to they're gonna pull it out. Totally fair. Totally fair. And I agree with you. I, I think the Eagles are going to take the W here. I think they're just a straight-up better team right now. They're on a big wave of momentum. Um, I, li- I, I like the receivers that Washington has, and that front four for Washington is also uh, underrated. Um, but nonetheless, this Washington team, uh, this uh, Philadelphia team, uh, looks really, really good right now. Um, and I think that momentum continues, and I have them winning there. Chiefs and Colts. Uh, are you going to shock me? Are you going to pick the Colts or are you picking the Chiefs? Well, if I were to be betting money on this game, strictly for the payout that I would get, I would put money on the Colts. Fair. But fair. Uh, as a realistic person, I'm going for a Chiefs blowout. I even wrote that in, in bold letters. It's going to be a blowout because unless the Chiefs forget how to play football or the Colts remember how to play football, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cut and dry that this is the Chiefs game to to lose. Yeah, 100%. I think this is an easy Chiefs win. I'd be stunned if the Colts win this one. If the Colts win this game, I will still have a lot of questions. <laughs> like, if they were able to somehow pull it off, I would I would have even more questions. That's the NFL, though. You you get blown out by the by the Jaguars, and then you beat the best, of arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. It's true. It's, it's what keeps me coming back every year and putting myself through the pain of being a Cowboys fan. But uh, nonetheless, I got the Chiefs uh, getting the victory here. Uh, speaking of one of the teams the Colts face, Texans and the Bears. Which one is going to uh, duke it out for last? Well, <laughs> first off, both these teams suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's my that's my overall opinion. Yeah. And uh, this might shock you more than anything. I'm calling this game a tie. You're going to call it a I tie. Think this this right. game's going to go to overtime. There's going to be a missed kick on each side, and wow. uh, it's going to end up in a tie. Wow. All right. Uh, a rare tie prediction, uh, especially considering the Texans tied earlier this this year, going for two ties for the Texans. Um, that may actually be a good year for the Texans this year. They get two t- ties. <laughs> they but, get two ties. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that could that could actually make them competitive in this division. But uh, no, I, I'm picking the Bears here. Um, I and this is tough because it's like these two teams suck. But, um, you know, I, I look at the Bears. uh I think Fields still has something. I think David Montgomery is is still one of the better players uh, in this game, um, and and you know I, I do kind of like Brandon Cooks on the Texans side. He's an underrated receiver one, um, but uh, I'm picking the Bears here to slug it out. Um, Jaguars and Chargers, your pick. I mean, it's pretty obvious what my pick's going to be. I'm going Chargers. Very nice. Um, you know, you you take the L last Thursday, but. Uh, it, Realistically, it's against a, a pretty decent Chiefs team. You only lost by three. Sure, you had the lead, but I think that's going to give them even more motivation. Mm-hmm. And even with the Jags coming up on a high of uh, shutting out the Colts, I am hopeful that uh, Herbert will play. It's As of what I've seen today, he is very much expecting that he's going to be feeling good. Yep. He's had a week and a half to recover, and in Everything that I've read, it's an injury that Tony Romo, your your own Tony Romo, went through for months without anyone even knowing. Yeah, and I think that impacted him 
kind of in a way like with Baker last year, he kept playing through that injury. And I was like, man, just, just, just sit down, man. Like you're not helping your team, but, uh, yeah, uh, Jaguars, Chargers, I'm going to pick the Chargers. Uh, I, I think Chargers are just easily the better team. I know they don't have Keenan Allen. I, I don't think they're going to have him for Sunday. It could be wrong. But even then, I still like the weapons that they have. Austin Eckler uh, as their running back is good. And J.C. Jackson uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Like I, I, I th- Khalil Mack, it's just, I think this is a well-rounded team. And uh, so I am going to pick the Chargers. Well- and I think if you ask me as a, as a biased fan, I think the Chargers have one of the like low-key best wide receiver depths. Yes. Because you have, you have guys like Carter and, uh, oh my God, I'm starting to lose names here. Help me out here. Joshua Palmer. Josh Palmer, that's who I was thinking. Yeah. So you have guys like Carter and Palmer to, to come in and help the load. And then Mike Williams, he got paid and he's earning it. Yeah. He made, he made an awesome catch, so... I won't harp too long on my charges. I'll let you move forward. <laughs> no, no worries. Hey, look, I, the only reason why I knew the Josh Palmer name is because I also had him in one of my fantasy teams uh, on the bench, just, just waiting in the wings, just in case he uh, gets that big time game. Uh, let's move on to Rams and Cardinals. Your pick. Uh, I'm going with the Rams in this one. I think uh, both teams are coming off of a good week. Um, and I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, but I'm expecting that the Rams will uh, find their form a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, the receiver, the receivers are are showing off and Cooper Cup seems to be in peak condition. Um, I think this is a game that could go either way. So I'm not, this is, this is not a, a, a suicide pick that I would make. <laughs> gotcha. I, I think the Cardinals could pull it off, but the Rams to me are going to get the win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this could be a redemption game for the Cardinals based off the playoff game last year where Kyler Murray just looked really bad in, in that one. So there's some motivation there, but uh, I think this Rams team is is, is going to go in and, and get the victory. Even with uh, what happened in at Atlanta, uh, the, the way that uh, they let that comeback happen, I still think the Rams are, are going to lock it down and uh, beat the Cardinals. We'll go to packing. Packaneers, Packers, and the Buccaneers. <laughs> My favorite team, the Packaneers and the Buckers. I'm I'm starting to lose it here, man. This is this is even though I'm on the come down from illness, there's still moments that kind of pop in. Uh, yes, the uh, Detroit Packaneers. Uh, what was your uh, Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> oh my lord! Um, I'm that that second with... one was on purpose, just for the record. <laughs> I just want to say going... that first one was totally by accident, but. Uh, I'll uh, believe pick. you. I'll, I'll I'll believe you for the sake of your sanity. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Packers in this one. Um, I think you know you're missing Mike Evans in uh, in with the Bucks and Tom Brady not looking amazing. He he pulled out a win, but that was not against a good team. And I think with Aaron Rodgers against uh, against Tom Brady, he's gonna have that much more of a chip on his shoulder because. You know, right now, that's the GOAT debate for a lot of people. Yep. Totally. Um, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. Um, I know the receivers are lackluster right now, but I think this Tampa Bay defense is just tremendous, um, and I think they're going to shut down a lot of Green Bay's offensive weapons. If they're able to keep uh, Aaron Jones and and, and uh, A.J. Dillon uh, under control, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair here, um, and I'm going to pick the Buccaneers to kind of edge out with like a 12-9 victory or something okay. something along those lines. I think this is going to be low scoring and um, I think, and the Packers have an underrated defense. 
Um, and so um, I, I think this will be low, low scoring. So I'm going to pick the Bucks here. Um, but and the I, kickers are going to see a lot of action. Yeah, if, if you love kickers, you're going to love this game, I think. Uh, get to see uh, Mason Crosby out there. Who's the Buccaneers kicker? Uh, Harrison Butt kicker. Is it Harrison? No, Butt that's kicker? on the Chiefs. Uh, the no. Chiefs. Uh, oh, my God. I have him on my fantasy team. Of course. Keep talking. I'll find him. Uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, while you figure that out, we'll figure out who's going to win this Falcons Seahawks game. Um, okay, so first first things first, Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup, um, gotcha. Second, uh, second thing second, I say that this Falcon-Seahawks game is going to be the snooze fest of uh, week three along with the Texans-Bears. Yeah. But uh, I'm giving the Falcons a very close win. I think it's going to be decided by three points. Yep. I, don't, I can't give you an exact score. My brain's not there, but uh, yeah, I'm going to say Falcons by three. I like it. Uh, I'm going to pick the Seahawks uh, on, on the opposite end. Uh, I, I like the I, I like the Seahawks a little bit more uh, of the two teams. I, I think, again, it's Geno Smith. I'm, I'm betting on Geno Smith, and that could be a horrible, horrible idea. But uh, I, I think there's enough on the Seahawks offensive side of the ball, and there's enough good defensive players on the Seahawks that I think they can make it competitive. Um, and if the Falcons just continue not to use Kyle Pitts, uh, then I, I think the Seahawks will edge this one out. But I agree with you. I think we're in for a potential snooze fest. I, if I need to go to sleep, I may watch this game. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll go to the Sunday nighter. Uh, San Francisco 49ers versus the Denver Broncos. Your pick here, Mr. Anger. Um, this is a hopeful pick. And uh, I'm hoping that the Broncos country will not ride. <laughs> And that the 49ers will come out with the win. I, I, like I said, I trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Kyle Juszczyk's going to rush for two yards and two touchdowns. Love it. A, t- so, a yard, a touchdown. Very exactly. Nice. They're going to use him on the goal line and nowhere else. Love it. Uh, big game for Kyle Juszczyk. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm also going to pick the Niners here. Um, I, I have a lot of concerns about the Broncos so far. And I think the Niners are still, like, even with Jimmy G in there, uh, I still think they're an overall very good team. Debo Samuel uh, is very good. Brandon Ayuk is starting to come into his own. Um, thanks for doing it now this year instead of last year when I had you on my fantasy team, Mr. Ayuk. But nonetheless, um, and, the, and you know, they lost, uh, they lost uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, Elijah Mitchell, but they still have Jeff Wilson Jr. and that running back committee there in, in San Francisco, uh, the way that they have those offenses organized, they still do some damage, and the defense is still very, very good with Fred Warner and 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 Nick Bosa. So uh, I, I'm I'm gonna pick the 49ers as well to win the Sunday Nighter, and it's gonna be a tough season for the Broncos. Broncos country may not be riding uh, after Sunday. Um, and then finally, this is the game that I'm looking forward to Monday night, a real barn burner matchup here. Mr. Anger, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants, your pick. Well, Gibby, I want to thank you for having me on. I'm going <laughs> to jump off now. Oh, boy. Before uh, before I ruin any friendships oh, here. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm taking the Giants. Uh, I, I the don't Giants. know. There's just something about them right now. They've started off this year somehow pretty hot. Yeah. Um, Saquon seems to uh, seems to be back. I don't put much trust in Daniel Jones, so I don't think he's going to be the deciding factor. Nope. But uh, but I, I do think that without Dak Prescott, the Giants are going to edge out the Cowboys. You know what? I agree. I Ouch. agree with you, Nick. I uh, And I don't want to agree. 
I, you make a whole bunch of valid points. Now, I think the Cowboys have a strong chance of winning. Uh, but I, I, I look at what the Giants are doing. Uh, I think if the Dallas Cowboys defense mauls the Giants offensive line and their offense, I think this will be a much closer game than people are expecting. But I'm also going to pick the Giants to get the slight edge. It hurts. It hurts really bad. But another reason why I'm making this pick is because every time I pick the Cowboys or have gone against the Cowboys, uh, I've been incorrect. And so I've gone against the Cowboys. I've been incorrect. They won. So my thought process is if I go against the Cowboys again, then they win. So I can sacrifice a pick, you know, being incorrect. My Dallas Cowboys win. Reverse psychology. Exactly. People think you're an idiot, but your team's winning. Well, I mean, people think I'm an idiot for multiple different <laughs> reasons, but, but that's but that's beside the point. Um, but nonetheless, uh, no, I think the Giants have the slight edge. Um, there are questions surrounding Kenny Galladay and, and Kadarius Tony and their receiver core there um, that I think needs to be addressed. If they solve that, I think the Giants have the slight edge um, and I am going to pick them to win. Reluctant. You know what? You know what, though? If here's what I'll say now, I'll put this out there this is recorded it will be on the internet oh boy if the cowboys do win this game i will make cooper rush my background on my phone for a month oh yes let's go and i will send you picture proof that you can choose to share or not share if this does happen oh i will share absolutely (laughs) content for the social media you bet i'm gonna share that uh if we win um but yes uh make sure you do that uh because even though i picked the giants to win the cowboys will win Get ready. Find the best Cooper Rush picture you could find. I know there's not a lot out there, but find the best Cooper Rush picture you could find. Put it as your phone background, and I want to see that picture. I'm on it. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for coming on, Nick. Uh, going over everything going on in the NFL. I, I always believe we have one of the most in-depth podcast when it comes to covering football we just go super in depth with each game and and this and this and it's no different here i'm looking at my recording and we're approaching the hour and a half mark and so uh we really uh fought through especially me this is kind of my michael jordan flu game right now trying to keep myself up and ready to go couple of flubs couple of slips hopefully my muted mic uh worked in the instances where i was coughing off uh, coughing up my lungs and it's already starting to happen again I could I could see you while I was in the middle of making points, just <laughs> yeah, dying just in the background. <laughs> yeah, just like oh my god, talk talk. Um, but I'm a little bit better now. Um, Give this Nick, guy a five star review. Yeah, please. Uh, five this, star review for the flu game. Yeah, for the flu game, absolutely. Give me a five star review, and that will absolutely make my day. And how would people make your day? Where can people find you, Mister Angel? Uh, people would make my day by finding me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, at Nick from work. That's Nick from WRK. I stream all kinds of cool stuff. Sometimes I, I, I'm a little inconsistent right now, but don't worry, I'm getting back to it. Call of Duty coming up soon. Love it. Love it. Will you be playing with Kyler Murray? Uh, I cannot I cannot confirm or deny. Oh, all right. I'll, all I'll say is I'll just keep an eye out on that double XP week and uh, <laughs> uh, I'll know what's uh, going on there. But thanks for coming on, Nick. I really appreciate uh, your time going through all these games. Uh, I'm going to go to sleep now and uh, hopefully because I'm heading back into work tomorrow. Um, so uh, I've been gone for the last couple of days. And so my voice is somewhat coming back. I've not been coughing as much. Knock on wood uh this last couple of minutes so hopefully by the time i wake up tomorrow it's merely just a slight headache 
pop some halls, and then I'm ready to go back into work. But uh, no, I appreciate you coming on and, and check out his Twitch streams. Very entertaining stuff. Uh, a couple of friends on there as well on those Twitch streams, if, if I yes, recall. Yes, sir. So uh, catch those Twitch streams, especially if you're a big gamer. Uh, very entertaining stuff. But uh, we'll be back probably next week. Same same thing. We're going to look over week three, make our week four picks, barring anything major coming up, um, whether it be a big trade that we do like a quick analysis of. But nonetheless, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the podcast.